You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with a collaborative, Squia Braden. I'm talking with Inguna Skuja and Melissa Braden. Thank you both for being here with me today. Oh, thank you for having us. Um, it's a, a pleasure. Yeah. Yes. So it's October 11th, and we're going to talk about your show, but I, I feel like I should first congratulate you both because you both just got married, correct? You're married now? Yes, yes we did. Yes, we did. It was a long time coming. Uh, we had a kind of a long trajectory. We've been together since 1999, and uh, we weren't able to marry. It wasn't legal in America. It's still not legal in Latvia, and we were just... Uh, trying to stay together and keep working and we were traveling back and forth between Latvia and America originally because we couldn't stay for very long in either place and then uh, we ended up uh, landing in America for too long and Laguna uh, got an overstay and then a 10-year ban so we ended up in Latvia because of Laguna's 10-year ban from America but at least she didn't get deported and uh, that's how we ended up well, that, well, that's so exciting. And, and where did you get married? You got married in New York? Yeah, we got married in New York City because Nguna was finally able to qualify for a B1 after all these years of being out of America. So, yeah. and, and also because we've been in the Venice all representing Latvia, so it was easier to get a B1 visa. <laughs> Right, right. And, and congratulations on that. Yeah, the Venice Biennale. That's very exciting. So, um, yeah, and, I, and you, you sound really clear now. Your voice sounds clear. Thanks for um, speaking up there. I, I want to talk about the show um, in, in, in New York, um, Pardon My Body. And to, to begin with, I want to talk about these amazing works that, that you both make uh, as a collaborative but to begin with, let's talk about uh, that that title, Pardon My Body. In in Milan, the title is Strange Bargain, I believe, but in New York, it's Pardon My Body. Can you tell me a little bit about that title? Yeah, the, it's um, it's got many it's layers of meaning, actually. It references, uh, you know, we were in the wrong bodies, so we couldn't actually marry each other, you know, in all these years. So one of us could have been a man or should have been a man or if one of us would have transed into being a man we could have legally married but it wasn't possible for us and because we were binational couple we ended up kind of in this like strange place like not not good enough for here not good enough for there and uh, because we had to leave America at the time that we had to leave America it was still not legal to marry unless one of us would have transitioned into being a man and lots of women were doing it who had binational situations like ours and so uh, there's this big gap between the work that's also represented in the show. Uh, we brought works that we had left behind in America that were in storage waiting for us for 13 years. And uh, we also brought with us the new works that dial in. We've always referenced the body and our body because we live in our bodies. That's how we experience our lives. And... Uh, work itself also literally there's a gap between the works that are represented and that's the 13 year gap between us being in America and having to leave and live in Latvia so it's like it's kind of a double got double dual meaning um, yeah thanks for explaining that and of course you know it's it's, it's a difficult time for 
um, same-sex marriages, you know, perhaps a little better in America, but like you're saying, in Latvia and in, and in many countries, this this isn't allowed, um, and there's and there's rising tensions as as well. Um, is, can we talk a little bit about that, like the situation in Latvia, in yeah. terms of same-sex couples? Yeah. Yeah, it's not allowed here. Well, Latvia is, uh, one of the, has one of the worst ratings. It's one of the most homophobic countries to live in in Europe. It's part of the EU, but it's still, you know, like, uh, it's still not safe. I mean, you can you know, get in trouble. And in the beginning, in the 1990s, when it was more like the Wild West here, and Dean and I were assaulted and beat up many, actually many times. So, And uh, violence happens all the time here, so, you know. I, I think it's really an interesting situation because I think generally people uh, don't have anything wrong, but there's so much leftover uh, ideology from Soviet times. People haven't maybe examined where their ideas are coming from or why they feel the way that they feel. And they haven't really thought about it. They just have an automatic you know, reaction to it based on you know, what, how things were handled during the Soviet era. And I think a lot of it is sort of this leftover uh, memory. Yeah. Leftover memories from, from where? From no, Soviet time, you know, how they are very conservative, very patriarchal, very controlling, and um, all these ideas just feel kind of floating in people's minds, and people don't want to open up. Yeah, it was things were really harsh during Soviet times. It wasn't easy, uh, basically, and, and still there's a lot of um, the, half of the population, almost half the population of Latvia is Russian, and they're listening to Russian news, Russian propaganda, Russian, and and you know there's still a lot of homophobic rhetoric and you know the stance that Putin has recently taken, you know, and so yeah, it's it's not an easy situation thing. Yeah, and it it sure isn't, and um, yeah, we're in a world where that doesn't seem to be getting easier. But I'm 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 so happy um, that, to hear that you're both married, and and about these shows. So to talk a little bit about the show, pardon my body, I'd like to start with a piece that um, looks like a tic tac toe board. Uh, there's th- three plates and four crucifixes. Um, obviously, the X's or the crucifixes win. Um, Let's talk about this because, in, in in a way, this this is about so many things. But um, yeah, I'd love to hear what either one of you want to say about about this work. Yeah, um, this is actually really interesting. It was an interesting piece, and it's called XOXO. Is actually the title of the piece, which uh, references um, you know the how you find that bottom of love notes, like love and kisses, love and kisses. But also, literally, you look at it and everyone understands it's a tic-tac-toe board because that's an ancient game that's, like, been played in cultures all over the world. And I think the oldest reference to the tic-tac-toe game was found scratched into roof tiles dating back to the 2000s in Egypt. And um, we decided to put these uh, the crucifixes, actually... Uh, we we used those for the axes and put, gave them the you know the, the first the, the middle section you know they get to go first and it gets to take up all the space it, it gets the first advantage and it's taking up physical reality it's three dimensional and some people would ask how come you know the 
the female parts are just drawn in them. Like, well, those are dishes, you know, because women are a dish. I mean, it's literally a woman is, is called a dish or was called a dish and, you know, it's like a hot thing. And there was something to be served up, something to be consumed. And so that relates to consumer society and how women's bodies have been used to sell practically everything under the sun. And, um, you know, it's it's basically talking about, you know, how we've ordered society. You know, uh, women are still at a disadvantage. And, you know, I mean, the idea of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is that there's much room for women that right there. So what are we going to do with that game? You know, and uh, that's kind of omnipresent in the Abrahamic traditions. And, you know, I think uh, right now we have, for the first time in human history, less women on the planet than men, you know, because we're being killed, you know. So, I mean, that's all issues that are pertinent to our times right now, things that need to be addressed and discussed and thought about, not pushed on the table. So that's what the piece is about. And and in this piece, though, you know, the the crucifixes are winning, of course. Is, is that what you mean by the kind of um, uh, the, the patriarchy or the or the or as you're saying, the, just the population inequality as, as opposed to um, the, the dishes, as you're saying? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, it's, 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 it, as far as the game goes, it is winning. And also, you know, um, the, the um, Phalluses on the cross actually represent the, uh, you know, Abrahamic tradition that Christianity moves on in, you know, Islam and Judaism, but also uh, uh, the number four, there's four of them, and in Chinese, I think four is the most unlucky number, uh, because the word for four is literally the word for death, and so if you ever go to China, they have, like, of the number four, you can be in a hotel and they won't have a fourth floor. They won't have. They'll try to take all the floors out, which is actually really interesting. <laughs> we were in China a couple times, and that was quite interesting to us. And this idea that you know, because four is kind of pretty important in terms of And um, I, I want to talk about a few more, a few more pieces in the show. I, but I feel like I should also ask, you know, when you were in in um, Representing the country in the Venice Biennial, um, how how did that um, feel? Given that the country is so um, homophobic, as you're saying, and um, you know, yet you're representing the country, that that seems to be a kind of irony there. Yeah, it was incredibly ironic, and it was um, actually sort of a miracle. Just like uh, right now, Latvia has the first openly gay president. It's like a democracy accidentally happened in the country. Uh, the way that they set up their system, uh, when things can things get sold up in their SIMA, the president can just disband the SIMA, and that's what happened because no one was working together. And so it was kicked back to the guy working in the EU who happened to be gay, which was incredibly hilarious because the issues were all about gay rights to begin with, and now there's a gay president. So this was an instance where uh, democracy actually worked now that uh, lots of get people are trying to file a referendum to make a presidency about being voted into office, but you were asking about the Venice panel, and uh, I would say that we had lots and lots and lots of people fighting against us being in the Venice panel. Many people tried to sabotage us. Uh, there was investigation even done 
first time ever in the history since the Biennials that uh, so many people are saying that it wasn't fair that we won, but actually it was the only fair time that a winner ever was selected. And um, they didn't actually approve our selection by the culture ministry until a couple months before the Venezuelan opened. So we had a very hard time getting support. And then there were other people in the country who were obviously attacking us. And, and then we had like a whole group of people who were actually in great support of us. There's like, you know, people, everybody likes the underdogs. So there was a lot of, you know, people who were mm. very happy and supportive, but I would say the overall art community, the artists of Latvia were uh, struggling with it. The art, the art oh, really? um, So we were kind of denounced by uh, lots, of, lots of different um, art academies. Right. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, and it's also remarkable and and a wonderful thing to to hear. You know, uh, kind of accidental democracy. I love that idea. Let's let's talk about another piece in the show. Um, this this piece looks almost like a cutout tree. Um, it's, it has a, a red or purple background. There's a an egg on it that looks like it has a wrist cuff, a vase in the foreground as well as it looks like um, a small child or baby on the top with its mouth open full of teeth and other objects on here, as like, like ribbons, as, as though you'd get for winning an award. Um, this is a very unusual piece that feels like it has a, a strong narrative, especially with this, this uh, uh, beautiful vase in the front. Can you tell me a little bit what's happening in this, this work? piece is called The Little Nipper, and it was made during a time when we were meditating a lot at Shaft Abbey and studying with the Zen Buddhist monks at Shaft Abbey. Um, my professors uh, who taught me painting and drawing were both as Zen Buddhist ministers, and they introduced us to Zen Buddhism and, uh, in California, of course. And um, so we were actually reading uh, Dogen and the Shobogenzu and uh, incorporating lots of the teachings or ideas about the teachings into the work that we were making. So I think that on the outside piece, you can see a reference to uh, the Dharma. You know, there's a classical images of him painted by a Japanese artist. Uh, is the artist where they show him with big huge eyes, kind of eyes like uh, thinking out of Sesame Street. And I also, when I see those Sesame Street eyes, the big eyes with the little tiny points in them, I always think about, you know, uh, Bodhidharma. And, uh, you know, it's about, the, it's about the, what we carry on the outside of us, what's going on on the inside of us, and always this sort of interest between the inside and the outside. And, and then, um, because his name is Little Nipper, intended to go on the wall and we kind of sprinkled these ancestors or portraits of, of people from the past kind of coming out behind on his uh, on his little um, what is it like the celestial sky kind of stars in his sky or the ancestors that hold him up from the past so mm. sort of yeah, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful piece. Um, I wanna I wanna talk a little bit more about the the medium itself. You're using porcelain. Porcelain um, 
is is such an unusual medium and is so special in so many ways. You know, it's how it's made, how it's how it's used, uh, its history. Uh, if we can just, I guess, step back a little bit. Why porcelain? This has been central to your your collaborative practice for for a long time. Um, why porcelain? It seems one of the more difficult mediums to work in. It is. It really is. And I didn't come from a porcelain or even a ceramics tradition. I came from you know painting and sculpture, art history. But when I met Nguna, she was from the same here in Latvia. It was porcelain. Was a porcelain work, and uh, she was known as the, she was often referred to as the porcelain princess. And uh, she was doing really well here in Latvia, but then after, when she got together with me, it sort of destroyed her career, and uh, then she kind of was you know, cast off as sort of a. You said when she got together with you, it destroyed her career. Yeah, here in Latvia, in many ways, uh, she wasn't considered. She was cast aside. She wasn't given opportunities. So we were working together, and Gwen was teaching me how to use the porcelain. And I was always interested in trying to figure out how to um, how to combine painting and sculpture. And when I saw what Nguyen was already doing, I thought, Ah, oh, there it is. She's doing it already. I just didn't understand how difficult it was to work in porcelain because I was coming from, you know, the foundry system bronze, aluminum, steel, and painting. So I was doing you know, more cruder attempts and when I realized how refined you could actually get working on porcelain. It's not, we, could, we can work in somewhere and do work in somewhere and earthenware from time to time. It's um, easier. However, the porcelain provides a much more perfect canvas. When you're working on the, on the earthenware or the stoneware, it sucks the colors out of the glazes. And uh, here in Latvia, everything is incredibly expensive, so we tend to try to work with things that we can really maximize our color field on. For that, but also because it's the thing that we're doing, we're speaking entirely through it. So <laughs> the works are actually quite varied. We don't stick to one thing; we're just using it as the medium. It's not, you know, so there isn't. Uh, much variation in terms of we do add things to the porcelain, but uh, we do everything that we can in porcelain. You know, drawing, sculpture, you know, everything. Yeah, it's, it's so fascinating. It's such a fascinating and beautiful medium with so many associations. I, I, I want to thank you both for, for talking with me and, and putting together these shows. I, I want to ask one more question, a little off topic. I'm always curious about what everyone's reading. What are what are you both reading at the moment? Well, I was reading uh, the uh, book of Angela Carter and getting ready to start looking into the works of Ethel Adnan because uh, she's quite quite well uh, written. But I haven't read any of her work. I'm really interested to read that. And but we've been traveling so much. Actually, I haven't had time to read. I mean. And that's the most disgusting thing, but we've been everywhere. Istanbul for a couple of weeks, setting up a show in New York for a couple of weeks, setting up a show in Milan, setting up a show. We just set up a show in Zagreb, and we're going back to Istanbul in a week to set up another show in the museum, in the Terra Museum. So we've been so busy. But I have a list of works that, oh, that I'm planning on getting to in England. I was reading Nora Ixten, a Latvian writer, and she wrote this um, Soviet Milk. It's also a translation, it's in English. 
that is the translation. Yeah, and they write interesting stories. It's like life story about her and her mom being, being a doctor in Soviet times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a gynecologist. Yeah, they are making a movie about this, and they're very good, very good books to read. More excellent. Yeah, she's. I think she's uh, well known all over the world. She's translated into lots of languages. You should check her out. She's a fabulous writer. Thank you, thank you so much. And I, I wanna, I wanna thank you both again. And I wanna also congratulate you on your marriage. That's so exciting. I. I I wish you well and great happiness. Uh, again, thank you both for talking with me today. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Bernard. It was nice talking to you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>